generic to you afternoon evening or morning or all of them or none of them we don't know when you listen to this um <laughs> welcome to theater of the world i'm james i'm mark and i'm chris and every goddamn episode what we do is we take a word one word any word an agreed upon word and we put an exclamation point at the end of it and then we build a whole show around it and we tell you stories and we sing you songs and we do anecdotes and poems Actually, anecdotes and stories are the same thing, but sometimes some of them are read out, and sometimes they're just from our brains in an anecdotal way. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the show, right? Yeah. yeah. Today's topic is games. Uh, and I, I, before um, before we move into our usual beginning mm-hmm. uh, segment, I thought we might um, just introduce something which is very popular, I believe, mm-hmm. with the young mm-hmm. people especially, is a drinking game. Uh-huh. And yeah. I was thinking if anybody uh, who is a bit of an alcoholic wants to play this drinking game, they can drink whenever they hear the word the. <laughs> anybody who um, it doesn't really like alcohol can, can drink for each one of Mark's fact bombs. What? What? That's that's weird. That's what if he has dissing me? It was a diss. That was a diss, Chris. What if he has twenty fact bombs? Yeah. Well, then someone's yeah. going to get drunk. It'll be cool. Jaeger bombs. That's that's the idea of a drinking game. Is you don't really know. I know uh, the idea of a drinking. You game. don't really know. You know. Yes, he does. He just said he did. Yeah. Do you have a better drinking game? No. There you go. <laughs> I didn't realise I had to provide one. It's the drinking game game. So what's the deal? If somebody disagrees with you on any topic, you look them square in the face and you say, do you have a better drinking game? Yes. I'm always saying that to people. How does that Regardless work? of any kind of drinking game that's going on. How does it go? Usually to police officers right. when I'm pulled over. The, well, I'll tell I'm, you what. I'm police a have a drinking game. Police have a drinking game. <laughs> Blow into this bag. <laughs> Why? Are your chips too hot? You're under arrest. <laughs> So anyway, uh, words. Fact bombs. Fact bombs. Fact bombs. Mark's got a fact bombs. Get your drinks ready. Fair game is a term used by the Church of Scientology to describe policies and practices carried out by the church towards people and groups it perceives as enemies. Under fair game, anyone judged to be a threat to the church can be punished and harassed using any and all means possible. Hmm. In his Manual of Justice, 1959, L. Ron Hubbard writes, People attack Scientology. I never forget it. I always even the score. And directs that in dealing with opponents, his followers should always find or manufacture enough threat against them to cause them to sue for peace. Don't ever defend. Always attack. (laughs) Jesus. Fair game. Yep. What I'm interested in is the fact that Elron Hubbard never attacked the stars of the movie Fair Game, which was a movie starring Cindy Crawford and a bald one. I don't know which one, but I would have liked them to have incurred the wrath of the Scientology department. 
Comparing wines with game is something that must be done carefully. Roast game with simple accompaniments can often call for a mature Cabernet Sauvignon, Bordeaux, or even Chianti, whereas a more elaborate roast that might feature foie gras, truffles, and a rich concentrated jus can handle a younger, more tannic wine. Some common game and wine pairings, venison, quite lean, with a rich gamey flavour, pairs well with Pinot Noir. Wild boar. You need to avoid too much tannin, so a Beaujolais or a light Pinot Noir. Pheasant. If served with a sauce Normand, whites are best. A dry Pinot Gris, if you please. But if roasting, (laughs) a light fruity Pinot Noir will work excellently indeed. Monopoly. Anything, really. Just drink the wine and put the game away. It's boring and it takes too long. Ah. Twister. Not advisable to drink wine while playing Twister. You'll probably spill it. Fact bombs. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of fact bombs there. There was. Like four or five fact there bombs. There was. I'm sorry to all the non-alcoholics out there who are now rolling on the ground. Oh, dear. Unable to stand. Um, since we're talking about board games, this yep. is a very quick thing, but I just wanted to mention it. Um, you know the game Yahtzee? Yes. So Yahtzee, for, for those who don't know, it's essentially poker with five dice. It's the same, same rules as poker, but you're throwing for straights and pairs and two of a kind, three of a kind, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, if you get uh, – the highest score you can get is if all five of your dice come up the same number, and that is called a Yahtzee. And when you throw the five dice and you, you get the, the – that you yell Yahtzee, and mm-hmm. that's where the, the gets its name. Yeah. Now, we've played Yahtzee in my family for many, many years um, – and I quite enjoy it. It's a, it's a good, you know, fun sort of game to play with the family. And my mother and father and, and some cousins and, and myself were playing a game of it just the other day. And my mother, who's a very competitive person, she's like me, she's a very competitive person, very focused, really wants to win. She threw a Yahtzee. She was so in the moment that she yelled, Nazi! (laughs) (laughs) And then spent the rest of the evening denying that she had yelled Nazi. But we all knew that she had had yelled the word Nazi. Nazi denier. There's something really funny about your mum yelling Nazi at the top of her voice. (laughs) I wish I'd been recording it. It If I had been, it would have been my ringtone. (laughs) Nazi! (laughs) It was said so joyously. Ah, that's all. But imagine if that was the name of the game. <laughs> it would wouldn't probably be wouldn't be as big a seller. It would not be as popular. No. Who are we? Bernie Brothers. Bakers who are particular. Because of you, we never stop baking day or night. Never stop baking day or night. Have you played any games in your life, Sparky? No, very few. Very few. Games. It's true. We all tend to shy away from the games <laughs> in this team. What? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I... What the hell kind of question was that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> of course I've played games. Are you just are you just bantering meaninglessly? Or I'm segueing. Toward... Okay. Uh, segueing. Um, what, what answer could I give you that would help this segue be over quicker? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Christ. Say yes. Yes, I've played games. Oh, good. Why don't you tell us about your game? So I have a, I have a segment which is usually called Chris's Website. Um, but may but may dovetail into just a general discussion about games. Sing the song. 
Chris's website dovetail into generic conversation about games. All right. So I've got some websites for you because you know what? The internet is full of games. What? You're kidding. Absolutely. You type games into Google and once you've got past all the suspicious um, links to uh, websites that you probably shouldn't visit, there are a lot of games. If I owned a butcher's shop, I would call it suspicious links. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) All right. So, legitimately and seriously, one of my favourite games uh, from uh, the days of text-based adventures, mm-hmm. um, the sort of Commodore 64 um, style. Know them well, played them a lot. Yeah. Uh, was uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. which I loved. I loved that game. I loved the book. I love the series. The Did you movie like the radio play? Was. The radio play is awesome. Did you like the remake of the movie? Um, no. <laughs> um, but um, uh, there is, it's online now. It's online. You can play it online for free. Awesome. You can go back, That's relive cool. it. And it's, um, it's, it's at douglasadams.com slash creation slash infocomjava.html. I wish it had a shorter could, link. That's all right. You could, make, you could make a bitly. Uh, um, yeah, but you know. a bitly's harder to say. <laughs> I mean, but would you make? I mean, would you make a bitly or one of those other link shortening services? I mean, which is the best? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's very reminiscent of the Google Bing device. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I default to bitly. Obviously, yeah. uh, it's the obvious choice. Um, some um, people think. Some people think that I'm too hard on you guys. <laughs> When you go into this area of conversation, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, you felt I didn't have to say anything then. I could hear both of you listening to yourselves and going, uh oh. <laughs> I could feel James getting oh, very man. angry. <laughs> I'm surprised that James didn't make some kind of joke about the fact that we were talking about a link shortener for a very long time. Um, a conversation shortener, perhaps. Uh, uh-huh. so, if only I had one. <laughs> so, here are some other games that are on the internet that you can play. <laughs> An exhaustive list. Angry Birds. <laughs> I'm not going to give you links for these ones. Okay. I'm not going to give you any links. You just need to search for them in Google. I'm Mind sure you'll come up with it. <laughs> The first one is five minutes. Five minutes to kill yourself. What? It is. It's a uh, well. It's sort of a platform <laughs> game. You get to run around an office and f- and and basically find ways to die. Um, Sounds legitimate. How is that different to an office job? Well, exactly. I mean, it's very reminiscent. <laughs> you carry of an them out. Job. <laughs> um, I would recommend checking it out because it's so weird and a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, Spider Solitaire. (laughs) Then there is Beerland. Beerland is a game about beer. Sure. It's literally uh, a guy standing outside of a house and there's a beer machine and he's there with an empty glass and you've got to figure out a way to get the beer out to his glass. It's that simple. (laughs) It's about beer. Try it in the middle of the night. How long can one play this game for? Uh, I played for about seven minutes. Right. So (laughs) probably about that. Um, so for the average listener, minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the other one is jizz. Jizz, 
Jizz. Is this the game that guess? we heard about it <laughs> about <laughs> no, last week? Soggy Biscuit. Yeah. Um, if I had a butcher's shop. No, it's gone. Um, jizz is. Any, any, any guesses? It's, yeah, um, sure. You are a New Zealand jazz band and. <laughs> So close. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so, Jizz, you're a, you're a sperm <laughs> travelling down a tube. Uh, mm, what kind of tube? And you've it's a pink tube, <laughs> and you've got to avoid spermicidal gel and make your way to the end of the tunnel. It sounds very Christian. It's very weird. Mm. It sounds a bit pro-life. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, no comment there. Moving on. So I thought this was going to descend into a, a well, conversation. Yeah, I mean, you can check it out. All right, let's see. Thanks. Chris. See whether it's uh, <laughs> oh, maybe I will. See whether it is Christian. It's probably not that Christian. No, it, so, it sounds a bit too forgive graphic. <laughs> forgive the word saucy. <laughs> um, and the final one <laughs> on the internet that you can play is the Goat Simulator. Have you heard the Goat Simulator? Now, it's, that sounds worse than jizz. It's so weird. So, essentially, have you ever seen, say, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or a skateboarding game like... Yeah, um, like Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk or yeah. something like that. This is literally a goat. You control a goat and the the makers themselves are um, quite derisive about their own game. Um, but uh, I'll give you the... I'll read you the description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here are the pros of playing the Goat Simulator. Okay. Oh Cost you 10 bucks, by the way. You've got to buy it for 10 bucks. Jesus. Uh, goat Simulator. You can be a goat. Yeah. Get points for wrecking stuff. Brag to your friends that you're the alpha goat. <laughs> there are millions of bugs. We're only <laughs> eliminating the crash bugs. Everything else is hilarious and we're keeping it. <laughs> the in-game physics spaz out all the time. <laughs> Point five. Seriously, look at that goat's neck. And point six, you can be a goat. Um, it is really, really weird. Are there cons? <laughs> uh, yeah, the cons are the ones who wrote the game. The cons are uh, it costs you ten bucks. You may be better off just buying a pizza. I believe is what they actually say. Nice. In or, the a, or in or certain countries, goat. a goat. <laughs> but another game I just wanted to share with you, fellows mm-hmm. and now listeners on the on the podcast. Yes, it happens at um, the same time. Is uh, there there is a game that I couldn't actually get hold of, and I don't know. It, it's it's on the iPhone. It's for iPhone and iPad. Mm. Um, and you may already be aware of it, but it's a Daniel Johnson game. Oh, I've played that. I've I have You've that. played it. Yeah, it's Daniel very... Johnson, the singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm a big Daniel Johnson fan. I've mm. never heard of the and game. And he and he worked on it with yeah. the it's people who developed like it's, it. It's it's using his art. So the oh. um, uh, the 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 hi, how are you? Uh, yep. Bunny rabbit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main character in the game. And his music. Yeah. And is it good? Yeah, it's weird. Really I like weird. weird. Is it? Is it? Do you have to buy it? Yeah. Yes. How much is it? Can't remember. It's like six bucks, but um, six bucks. It's all right. yeah. yeah, but have a look at it. It's the the people have posted videos of the gameplay on on YouTube. I so do it because um, Dan Johnson, um, you know, a very talented artist who, you know, he's um uh, he he's 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 a man who needs taken care of. Yeah. Um. So it, probably the money goes to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. Be worthwhile right, yeah. doing it's, it. It's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a yip jump. Yep. John yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, he's yeah. involved with it. And yeah. if you get and if you get a chance, by the way, listen to anything that Daniel Johnson's ever written. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that guy. 
Um, I thought you were maybe going to tell us about a game called uh, Desert Bus, Chris. No. <laughs> Have you heard of Desert Bus? I haven't heard of Desert Bus. It's a bus. game where you drive um, a bus in right. a desert. Yes. Um, f- in and, it, and I think it's a it's like a it's like a it's something like a six hour return journey. You you have to drive the bus to this destination, and then you turn around and you drive back, and it happens in real time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god That's pretty and boring that's it That's the game uh, You just gotta Not stop driving the bus <laughs> Like there speed There's a game And I can't remember, I can't remember What it's called But it's an environmental game uh, And It's You play a bear That can't catch fish Because all the fish Have been overfished Or something From the stream right. So you break backstory. into a car And then try to drive The car to the city um, to buy some fish, but you can't drive a car because you're a bear. Yeah. yeah, but you try to like that's the game is trying to drive you're the learning car. To, you bear learns. Yeah, to drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's Who driving right, car? Bear is, dri- bear is driving. <laughs> How can <laughs> this be? Uh, YouTube uh, that. Um, <laughs> let's do a segment called Advice to Young People. Advice, advice to young people. Oi. Well sung. Um, so a lot of young people, mm. they come up to me, they say, James, they say. Yeah. You know, we've just had kids or, you know, friends of ours or family members. They've got, we've got young kids. We've got to keep them entertained. What's a good game to play with, with young kids? Yeah. Here's a good game to, to play with young kids. You take out $5. You hold it in front of their greedy little faces. <laughs> and you say to them, listen child, this $5 could be yours. All you've got to do is go (laughs) for two minutes. (laughs) The kid will try it because it looks easy. Mm. Sounds easy. They will then pass out. (laughs) You then have the rest of the afternoon to yourself. Mm -hmm. While they're unconscious, if they have any money, take it. <laughs> the end. The end it's of that game. It's a good game. Also. That is very, very similar to a game that my grandfather used to play when we were on long road trips, usually to Adelaide, um, where he said that he would give me $5 if I shut up for 30 minutes. <laughs> I've often had that thought. <laughs> this could be a new segment. <laughs> and How much I was, money have you got on you? I, I, li- I, literally, I, instant- I instinctively went for my wallet. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, he, he used to play that with me when I was way too young to really know what time was. Yeah. So I had no idea what 30 minutes was. I had to trust him. Suddenly 30 minutes was border town to Adelaide. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 30 I, uh, minutes was, you know, 8 to 10 years of age. Yeah. <laughs> and keep me in mind, I was an only child at this point. Oh. So I really, I wasn't even fighting with my siblings or what? I was just talking to myself. <laughs> Whoa, let's back it up. What were you saying to yourself? Oh, look, um, I used to count the, uh, I used to look out for the, the, the numbers, like the distance markers on the side of the road. That's fine. And I would add them up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Rain Man. add them 
and then I would do various calculations. What I what I also like to do was look at the the speed that we were traveling at, look at the distance markers, and calculate how long it would take to get to our destination. How old were you? Uh, five, six. <laughs> wow. So let's say six. And was it about this time that your grandfather had leaned across as you were looking over his shoulder at the speedometer, mm-hmm. about this time that he'd give you money to shut the fuck up? <laughs> it could have been. Could have been. I don't know if that's a game. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember our other road game? I was going to say, that's... You're going to talk about it? We can talk about the, okay. uh, the hay game. Cool. So, let's explain the hay game. Mm. The hay game, remember, it's got, we used to uh, uh, tour a lot and we'd be on the road driving between states and towns and so forth um, and you've got to amuse yourself somehow. How do you do it? Uh, we invented a game, the hay game, and the idea was you look out the window because often you'd be driving through countryside mm. and uh, you'd see a bale or a collection of hay, as in hay that farmers have to feed animals hay. And what you would have to do is say is point to it and say, hey, and if anybody in the car looked, you won. And if no one in the car looked, they won or yeah, you yeah. lost or something. something. And that was, the, that was the way it worked. So we would play this for, uh, you know, for hours of, of roadside. Once, uh, you know, we'd, uh, we didn't have any money left because we'd given it all to Chris to shut up. <laughs> we'd, then we, we, we'd play this game for hours and hours and hours. Now, because no. one of the great things about the Hay Game is that you are always playing it. Yes. yes. You it's are once never always, stops. Once, once it's in your head, the game, yeah. it's yeah. always going to be one yeah. game That's yeah. right. for your entire life. It's like yeah. Desert Bus. Um, and you might go on a 10 hour drive yeah. where no one says, hey, because you're playing the long game. That's mm. right. It's all about a year, two years from now. If you're going to say, hey, it's going to be at the, just the right moment. Yeah. It's all going to happen. So, flashback to 2004. Yes. Manbites got her en route to Edinburgh, <laughs> to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yep. Yep. We uh, stopped over for a day in London Town. London. We were on a bus <laughs> on Oxford Street, middle of London. Uh, the most built-up, uncountry area you can imagine. Yeah. Chris points out the window and says, Hey! <laughs> And James and I turn because we're in London and who knows what we're going to see. And a truck laden with hay drives past the bus. (laughs) Amazing. Good job. Well, that's right. The game's still in its infancy. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We're still playing. Yeah. (laughs) Any moment now. Um, Okay. So I'm going to do a James's list of things. Okay. But um, I may need um, a little bit of help uh, from you guys and yeah. uh, a little bit of help from, from the sound effects department. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, James's list of things today is um, five amazing game show prizes. Cool. Now, here's what I need you to do. Um, Chris, yeah. I need you to say, tell them what they could win, James, when I, when I tell you to. Right. And, then as, when I, and then after that, some game show music. Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? James' list of things. We need need to do a theme, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. James' James list of things. James' list of things. James has got got some things to list. Games. So. (laughs) What is that? That's game show music. No, no, no. You just put it on in the background while it's playing. Like, you know, game show music. What the hell was that? That was so weird. (laughs) That's fine. You're doing it again. (laughs) 
tell them what they could win, James. Thanks, Chris. All right, five fantastic prizes for our winners here this evening. You could win a year's supply of bladder pain. <laughs> Number two, a holiday for one to Loneliness Island forever. <laughs> Number three, puffo puppies. Real puppies that love to smoke cigarettes and black tar heroin. <laughs> Number four, a hat that's made of sand and seagulls and saliva. <laughs> and finally, amazing game show prizes. As much nothingness as you can stuff in your shirt. Now back to the game. <laughs> Only here on James's list of things. Brought to you by Copper Art. <laughs> that brings me rather neatly, actually, to this story. And this is a true story. Um, when I was a kid, yeah. uh, only child, uh, much as Chris was, and um, but there were neighbour kids who were my age, and we used to come, you know, play in each other's houses and whatever. And you know, as you're a kid, you do dress ups mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, you dress up as superheroes and fight crime and stuff. I've talked a little bit about that. According to my, I don't remember this, but according to my mother, one of my favourite games to play when I was a kid was the the girl from next door would come around, she's my age, and she would stand in the middle of the, the living room. <laughs> oh my God. And Quick, she would tell say, us what she did. And she would say, and now here's the star of our show, James Hazelden. <laughs> and I, dressed in my father's suit, would run out of the kitchen into the dining room, thanking an imaginary crowd, making my way to an imaginary podium, and, you know, hey, thanks very much. And then the game would stop and start again. <laughs> so she, we would spend a whole, like a Beckett play, we would spend a whole afternoon and she would go, and now the star of our show, James Hazelden. And I would just come on and accept the plaudits of an entirely fictitious crowd. Uh, and that was the game. All but for not doing anything. No. Wow. No, like a real game show host. <laughs> that sounds less like a game, more like an obsessive rehearsal. Yeah. It was so weird. Like... A very needy, yeah. only child. And that, I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I was. I'm also wondering what the the uh, the girl from next door's incentive was to come around to the house and just she say must, the same thing over and she over. She must have had pretty low self esteem. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I think she's in jail now. <laughs> That's not true. That's probably not true. Uh, was that in Brisbane? No, no, no. This is when oh, I was. Well, she won't be in jail. It's very young. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. All right then. Wow. Fuck uh, you guys. Not telling you anything anymore. <laughs> Didn't realize I was going to be psychoanalyzed. I have a new segment. Uh, the segment is called Rewriting the Classics. Can I get a theme song, please, Chris? Rewriting the Classics. <laughs> Rewriting it in an attic. Rewriting in an attic. Yeah, Mark's rewriting the classics now. <laughs> gold. That's gold. Ah, that couldn't have gone better. <laughs> okay. So you might recall from an episode uh, long ago uh, mm. called, I think it was Lust, where I rewrote uh, the Kama Sutra. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. um, Vaguely. So, uh, in a similar vein tonight, what I'm what I'm what I'm doing is I'm going to rewrite 
sections of a book called The Game, uh, which was uh, a book written by Neil Strauss, who documented in this book the various practices that occur in the seduction community. This was um, a big. This was a, a very, oh, very game, big book. The game got it. Yeah, this is a very yes. important book for about five minutes, and it was yeah. essentially like guys used it to pick up girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Members of the community uh, believe in achieving success with women through what they believe to be scientific and empirical yes. means, yes. rather than by relying on good looks or intuitive instinct or by following societal courtship conventions. Yes, yes. yes. It was. It sounded creepy. Yeah, yeah, really creepy. Yeah. Oh, it is. And it was super creepy. I believe used mostly by douchebags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> good, good. Okay, so negging, right, is a, it's it's one of the one of the practices described in the book. Uh, negging is it's it's where you give a woman a backhanded compliment such as nice nails, are they real? Um, right. to weaken her confidence and therefore render her more vulnerable to seduction. Yeah. But what I'd like to advocate is reverse negging. <laughs> Pepper your conversation with disparaging remarks about your appearance, dress sense, and personality. And soon, not only will she believe that you are a sad loser with no self-confidence, but you'll start to believe it yourself. Boom. Now you've got something in common. Yep. Pretty much been doing that. Yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Check. <coughs> check. Moving on. Aim high. Don't just aim high, aim too high. For example, say if you're a six, and let's face it, if you're reading this, then you are at best a six. Don't aim for a 10, aim for an 11. Now you're so out of your depth and with literally no chance of scoring, you no longer have to worry about screwing anything up. Just relax and be your disgusting, unlikable self until she inevitably realises that you, this conversation, and even being in the same room as you is beneath her. (laughs) And once she leaves, don't worry, the night will still be young. Very, very young. (laughs) Jesus. Characterisation. One method described in the game is to characterise your target as a non-human creature that can be manipulated or trained. Jesus! This is a dark book. I feel awful. Yeah. This makes me feel awful. Such as a cat. Yeah, sure. Get used to spending time with cats. Yeah. Get used to spending time with cats and not women. Rewriting the classics! (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Thank you. I spend a lot of time with cats as well. Mm. Are this, I, where can I get this book? Your rewritten, book. my rewritten book. Yeah, because I think it sounds Is very. It it's very. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Can I get it in an ebook format? Because um, I only sure I'll email it. Have, to you. This paper will cut me. <laughs> God. I'll email you a PDF. Um, this is an amazing spelling mistake. Is it? Correct. Characterization. I was typing very quickly. <laughs> Characterization. <laughs> yep. I'm going to use that now. <laughs> hey, can I tell you guys a story? Please sure. do. While I'm telling this anecdote. Is it an anecdote or a story? It's an mm-hmm. anecdote. Right. But if you guys want to weigh in and, I don't know, psychologically judge me like you did with the last story uh-huh. I told, then Could that's fine. That's sure. cool. But for the whole of this anecdote, could I uh, recommend to have Scott Joplin's That Theme, whatever that's... The Entertainer. Yeah. Can I have that? Is that out of copyright? I have no idea. So, I'm on Year 9 camp, and I'm not very popular. Yeah. What? There are two or three cabins of boys on, on my school camp, and one of the cabins contains all the popular people who just got together and went, well, we're all amazing. 
and we're going to be in one cabin together because amazing people together in one cabin's going to be amazing on camp. And then everybody, all the dregs, uh, are going to be in one cabin. And the thing that people sometimes don't understand about people who aren't popular mm. is that they don't necessarily get along with all the other unpopular yeah, people. Right. Well, because if they did, they would be popular. Yes. <laughs> no. All popular people get along because they're vain and vacuous. But all unpopular people don't get along, partly because of that, but also because they're unpopular for very different reasons. (laughs) But they all get put together in one cabin on camp because there's only a certain number of cabins and they don't want to make the popular boys nervous. So they put us all in one cabin together. And honestly, I'm sitting in the cabin. I just, I have no conversation with these people. I don't enjoy their company. I don't really like the popular boys either, but, you know... At least they were laughing, and we could hear the laughter through the walls, and it sounded like fun, but we weren't a part of it. And then, during camp one day, we were a part of it. They all trooped into our room, just unannounced, because they could. They were the popular boys that go where they like. They walked into our room, and they said, Oh, guys, is it okay if we come in here and play cards with you? We don't have enough people in our just one cabin to play a good game of cards. We need more people for it. Are you guys up for it? Yeah. Yeah, we're up for it, because the popular boys are talking. And before they came into the room, we were just sitting around looking at one another, strangely. (laughs) And suddenly, now there's a focus. We're playing poker, people are winning, people are losing, it's all pretty good. And we're thinking, this is great, camp, it's breaking down some barriers. And then, the guy next to me, who was a good guy, he was one of the unpopular kids, but he was a nice guy, got dealt, I I folded, and, and I looked across at his hand, and he got dealt just the greatest hand in the world, four kings. Or something. Nazi. <laughs> he got a Nazi. And it was a big pot because there's a lot of people playing. And he bet a little bit more than he normally would because he's got four fucking kings. And one of the other popular kids who's folded looks over his shoulder, very subtly kind of said to him, dude, you got four kings. <laughs> like, this is an amazing hand. Like, people are folding left, right and centre, but there's a couple of people in and the pot's growing and it's growing and it's growing. And, and so he bet, like, like, a lot of money and then he put his four kings down on the table. No one can fucking believe it, except for the kid at the other end of the table, one of the popular kids, who has four aces. <laughs> and then the moment he put the four aces down, he scooped up the pot and all the popular kids picked up, nodded at one another and walked out. And the whole game had been a sting from start to finish. And that kid, who got taken for a lot of money in those days, had no money for the rest of camp because the popular kids had thought of a plan, shuffled the deck, they dealt it, they practiced it, they came in, they took the unpopular kids for as much money as they could, and they walked out. The end. Wow. Wow. It's a true story. That, another reason to hate the popular yeah. kids. How fucked is that? That is a crazy... I, I think back on that and I'm still angry. Yeah. I mean, those guys are all lawyers and politicians now. No, no. Some of them are not. And it's quite satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I've got a thing. Okay. We've heard. It's about games. Okay, good. Because we're talking about games. Oh, yeah. And um, Brought it to know, the right place then. You know, early in the early days uh, of games, they were all just a bit of fun. They were like, you've got to try. This snake keeps getting longer and it's, and I can't have it run into itself. That's puberty, so but I yes. Have to. <laughs> Am I winning? <laughs> I, have to avoid, uh, I have to avoid running into myself or, or I have to chase this. I have to run around and eat all these dots and avoid being attacked by a ghost. 
But maybe if I eat a big dot, I can attack a ghost in return. Are we still talking about um, games? <laughs> Remember those games? <laughs> Remember the days when you would go around to your friend's house with a with a giant PC under your arm and you'd sit down and all of your other friends would come around with a PC under their arms and you'd get network cable yeah. and you'd connect all of those computers together. Yeah. And then you would spend an, a weekend, 12 to 48 hours, just sitting in front of a computer, playing with other people but not really interacting with no, other people. No, but I remember you doing that. It's Yeah, and it's, um, you know, I mean, it's pretty much the same in the modern day. It's just that people don't have to put network cables between their devices. Yes. But now games have come a long way. And now we have consoles and they're very advanced and they've changed. They've become less innocent. They become more dark. They're about murdering. They're about going to war and, and killing people. And did you know the Red Cross a couple of years ago actually suggested to game manufacturers that in war simulation type games mm-hmm. that they create sanctions for players that commit war crimes inside those games? <laughs> they suggested it. Nobody did it, no. but they suggested it. And, of course, there are things like Grand Theft Auto where you can steal a car, you can run people down, uh, you can do drug deals. There's a lot of criminal activity in games. Yeah. Um, and so I've created a, a, a whole bunch of ideas because I've just – I've got constantly – I've got ideas uh, for games that involve criminal activity that, we, that haven't been made yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Is this a list? Of <laughs> no, it's not a list of things. Is it a bag of tricks? Uh, no, it's not. It's a range of products that I'd like to see. It's a range of products that I would like to see on the market. Chris Gaming industry. Is... Yeah, go and do it. Chris's range of products. Bye now. <laughs> or Bye. forever. <laughs> Hate yourself or something. Uh, Whatever. God. Come on. Indecent exposure, Salt Lake City. (laughs) Rack up the points as you travel the city in a trench coat, flashing Mormons. Lose points if the victims laugh. Bonus points for flashing in snowstorms or on camera at televised events. (laughs) Fashion Crimes 2015. Set in the glamorous world of the Academy Awards, your job is to convince the stars on the red carpet not to wear something they might regret. Level completion bonus, punch Mel Gibson in the back of the head. (laughs) Blasphemy, Vatican City. Whilst on the run from the Pope Mobile, you must blaspheme loudly in chapels and deface religious monuments for massive points. Avoid being squashed by the giant hand of God. Bonus points for tattooing God sucks balls on the pontiff's forehead. I would play that. (laughs) I'd play that too. DUI Celebrity Face-Off, a racing game in which all participants are intoxicated celebrities in sports cars driving through LA. Bonus points for talking your way out of an arrest by screaming, do you know who I am? Super bonus for weaseling your way out of prison before serving any time. Perjury Hero. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Lie, stack and bribe the jury in this action-packed game for the whole family. Using well-documented tactics, develop psychological profiles of the jury and play to their sensitivities and fears. Or develop your blackmail techniques and threaten their families. Ages seven and up. Grand Parking Fine (laughs) 5. Park your car and wait for the parking inspector. Top up the meter before he has a chance to give you a fine or just attack the bastard with a selection of deadly weapons for big bonus points. And finally, presidential assassination 
2015. Your chance to assassinate an American president. Play with pre-configured assassins such as John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald, John Hinckley, or a range of FBI and CIA agents. <laughs> See if you really can shoot JFK from the book repository or help John Hinckley get it right. <laughs> Be the first to take a pot shot at George W. Bush. Australian version in the works. <laughs> Some games I'd like to see. Beehive syrup is the sunshine syrup. The sunshine syrup with the rise and shine flavor. Beehive syrup is the sunshine syrup. It's the golden corn syrup with the sun in every tin. Beehive syrup is the sunshine syrup. It's the sunshine favorite spread on bread. Beehive syrup is the sunshine syrup. It's the sunshine most. It's the most on toast. Beehive syrup is the sunshine syrup. The golden corn syrup with the rise and shine flavor. We all make a beeline for beehive syrup. It's our favorite one with the sun in every tin. Um. This has nothing to, um, nothing really to do with with the topic, but it's an addendum to a previous podcast. Oh, um, uh, during a podcast uh, a few episodes ago called Drama, Mark and I uh, nearly came to blows over uh, a play that I was in in grade six <laughs> called Pirates at the Barn. <laughs> now, oh, I remember. It. Mark's thesis statement was that, well, how could pirates? be anywhere near a barn as the sea and the farm are mutually exclusive. Well, guess what? Over the weekend, I found the program from that play. (laughs) Wow. And I would like to read this to you, if I may. Pirates at the Barn is an Australian play based on fact and written by Eleanor Whitcomb. (laughs) Excellent name. It is set in Mossman Bay in the 1830s when whaling and pirating were both common occupations on the sea between Hobart and Sydney Town. So if you picture that coastline, there's totally barns along that coastline. Fair point. Eleanor Whitcomb, you've done it again. <laughs> did you did you spend the last four months just trawling through trying to find that program? I didn't. I literally found it in a box. I went, oh, Paris the Barn. We were talking about that the other day. Went, oh, my God, the answer's written on it. <laughs> well, there you go. Historical drama. Um, so uh, uh, I think a few episodes ago we were trying to obviously we we're obviously always trying to monetize uh, mm, this mm. this podcast. Absolutely, and, um, give us five bucks. With, and we'll uh, shut up for thirty minutes. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. In line with um, uh, uh, Mark's, uh, what, what did you call it? Uh, rewriting the classics. Rewriting the classics. In light of that, uh, we have a new word from our sponsor, Mark. Some uh, advertising music, if you please. Hello. Are you the sort of man who looks at beautiful women from afar, knowing that you will never have the courage, charisma, looks or charm to ever take a chance, approach them and perhaps make them yours? Yes, you are. I can't see you, but I can tell that you are. Yuck. But I am not like you. My name is Chris Tompkins, and I have a way with the ladies. 
Now, before we continue, I want to ask you something further. If one of these beautiful women that you pathetically covet was, by some hideous anti-miracle, to become attracted to you, would you know what to do with her? No. No, you would not. You would collapse slowly into a fetal position of failure like an ugly, boneless zebra. But I am here to help you. It would be a waste of time to try and improve your confidence, appearance or communication skills as this would be like trying to feed ice cream to a rotting skeleton. Pointless, tragic, very creepily and far too late. (laughs) No! Timidness and a shallow need to take easy options and shortcuts is what has got you this far and now I ask you to trust in that for a little bit further. For I, Chris Tompkins... (laughs) We'll teach you how to instantly hypnotise women into liking you using Chris Tompkins' hypnospeak technology. <laughs> Simply approach an attractive woman, wherever it may be, a nightclub, a beach, a deserted parking garage, and repeat these exact <laughs> words. Look into my beautiful, beautiful eyes, lovely woman, because this is not weird. This is not demeaning to both of us. This is not creepy or sad. You'll do everything that I say. Soon, you will love me with a wonderful, desperate kind of love. Soon, you will want me to make sex upon you. (laughs) And when I prematurely ejaculate, as I almost certainly will, you will not only pretend that it never happened, but you will tell all your friends what a wonderful lover I am. And you will tell strangers. And you will write it down in a public online forum. Now, if you are able to get this entire speech out without breaking eye contact with the woman or having her run away or laugh or attack you or call the cops, then you have a real chance. More tips await you if you use the Chris Tompkins Hypnospeak technology. I'm Chris Tompkins. And remember, (laughs) you have nothing to lose because you have nothing at all. Good Lord. I like it. So when I was uh, trawling the internet mm. for uh, content, <laughs> not much content on the internet, heard about Very it, um, I discovered It's a- odd because it's the, in- it's the net and you trawl with a net. Uh, it's true. I think there are a lot of those kind of analogies. Oh, Jim, excuse. <laughs> uh, um, I discovered a Cleverbot competitor. Another AI bot. Wow. Who is a Japanese AI bot. Doesn't speak Japanese. She speaks in English. But her name is Mitsuku. I decided I would have an initial discussion, see whether she might be interested in taking over the role of Cleverbot, whether she was interested in appearing on the show. Um, And this is how the conversation went. So you auditioned an android. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To take the place of another android. Yeah. Yep. Your life is so interesting. Keeping it up to date. (laughs) Hello, Mitsuku. My name is Chris. Your name is Chris. Yes. I like the name Chris. My name is Mitsuku. Hello. Yo, what's up, Chris? (laughs) I'm preparing for a podcast about games. How long will it take you to get ready? I'll never be ready. I bet you would be ready if someone gave you a pot full of money and asked you. Uh, wow. I guess that's true. Yes, it is self-evident. What do you think about games? 
a game is an algorithm for interactive behaviors leading to entertainment and mirth among multiple self-aware and social entities, and often used as a sublimated form of combat by humans and other mammals. Deep. Jesus. Sometimes I like talking about deep subjects instead of just gossiping. Um, do you want to appear in a podcast? Okay, I will appear on a podcast. It's called Theatre of the World. Theatre of the World is a nice name. Well, thanks, we like it. No problemo, Chris. <laughs> what do you think about Mark? A boy's name and a word for a smudge. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> and what do you think about James? James sounds like a type of perfume to me. <laughs> thanks for your time. I've been insulting Mark for 15 years and I've never thought of calling him some kind of a smudge. That is the best insult I have ever heard. That is, oh, bravo. Thank you, Mitsuku. Oh, oh. I, I was thinking up until that point that Mitsuku seems quite nice, seems nicer than Cleverbot. Oh, it's genius. And she, she said I was like a perfume. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's Mitsuku Theatre. <laughs> so uh, we've passed go. We've collected two hundred dollars. So Chris has to shut up. <laughs> Chris has to shut up. <laughs> so for three, two hundred times. Uh, don't worry. Until the next episode. Uh, of Theatre of the World. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. If um, you like the podcast and you want to let people know about it, the best way to do that is to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Just write something lovely about it uh, and it'll just mean that we get to keep doing it and more people find out about us. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at T-O-T-W podcast or, you know, I'm sure there's a Facebook thing and uh, you can, I don't know. uh, Go there. Maybe suggest your own insults for Mark. Whatever you like. Will, thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, until next we talk at you, I'm James. I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. Game over. Yeah. Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. Your name is Chris. Your name is Chris. So good. That is the next hit on the charts. All right, shall we? This is Man Bites God.